Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. Come on, let's praise Jesus. Come on. Yes, you are. Hey, God is going to do what he wants to do in this church, not because of us, but in spite of us, all right? We're just going to be obedient. I want to read you a couple of really cool things here this morning. And uh, I have I have a message that I want to share from my heart that's going to be a little different than usual. If that's okay, I need you to say yeah. yeah. Thank you. If you said no, we'll see you later. All right. Um, this is uh, an email I received this week. We sent out the weekly update. Talked about the sabbatical in there. And, and I just want you to know that I love, I love you. I love getting to know your stories. I'm the, I just, like, on a Sunday morning as we've grown as a church, one of the hardest things for me has been not able to, like, say hi to everybody on a Sunday morning. I just can't anymore. Which, this is a good sign, okay? This is a great sign. But I'm so personal, like, tell me your story. How can I pray? What's going on? And then I'm like, later on, Heather's like, who'd you talk to? I said, like, 56 people. I don't remember anything right now, you know? And, uh, here's the deal. We just want to ask you to step up as the church, be the church that God has called us to be. But there's some really, really, really cool things that God is doing right now within the body of believers here. And I just want to read this to you. I sent out this uh, email, our weekly updates, that I'm headed on sabbatical. And I can't tell you how many people said, well, we're still fishing, right? And I was like, no, I love you, but no. (laughs) So I said... Come August, man, we'll do fish. You can fish without me. It's okay. And, uh, you know, I said, we'll do that. I just need this time between me and God and, and really just to get revitalized for what God wants to do within uh, my life and within this church. So I got one of this, e- one of these emails back that was such a blessing to me. I just wanted to share it with you. Uh, they haven't been around in a couple of years. He travels for business. And, and uh, here's what he said. I'll, I'll leave it anonymous. But he said, first thing he says in the email, he replies to me, I didn't see any fishing in the sabbatical plan. I hope you're going to sneak in sometime on the water during your time away. My wife and I, were good. We're working in Hawaii for the next year or so. We feel really bad for them, don't we? It has been tough to get back due to long flights and the time difference. Here's the part I want you to catch, okay? We think about the bridge often and are searching for a good replacement here in Hawaii. Finding a church that lives up to the bridge's standards is difficult. You've set the bar high. God bless. We will keep you, your family and the bridge in our prayers. Come on, church. That's awesome. That is awesome. And it's really, it is our staff and volunteers that make this a great place. It it really is. I I can't talk about every single person, like I said, but it's really them that make this um, just a special place to come. Many people are, you know, getting involved and more people are getting involved. And that's just what we ask and what we want. We want everybody to be a part of what God is doing here. Um, there's also, for those of you that don't know, there's three missionaries we support. In fact, we just switched one of our missionary support. We actually support now three missionaries, two that are local, one that is worldwide, and they are all church planters, okay? There's a reason, <laughs> all right? They're all church planters. Church planters means starting a brand new church in a, in a place. And so we support Nick Pacini, who's over in Estonia, um, it's one of the most difficult places to reach people right now um, because people just aren't receptive to the gospel. And so our prayer is we want to continue to support them monthly as we do. In fact, everything that comes in, we give 10% back out into missions. And so we've continued to invest into his church um, to the point where we'd love to take a team 
I would love to take a team next year from within our church and go over and just be a blessing to them, do whatever they need, whether it's, you know, wiping baby butts and changing diapers, whether it's, you know, walking up and down the streets telling people about Jesus, whether it's helping them put on an outreach service, whatever it might be. Uh, but we've supported him. We've also supported Tim Olson, who planted a church called Cedar Ridge Church at the East Bethel Movie Theater. Man, if you haven't had a chance to go visit him, go visit him. They're our neighbors, and they're doing awesome things. In fact, they celebrated their first service with over 100 people here back at Christmas, and we're investing into him and what they're doing there. So it's just awesome. The third one is Steve Nyland. Come on, you guys like Steve Nyland? We brought him in a, a couple weeks ago, and Steve Nyland's like my brother from another, you know, and... uh Another mother, if you don't know the rest of that, come on. Some of you are my brothers from another mother. Some of you are my sisters from another mister. Come on. So he uh, he was really, uh, he's like my twin. And he came in, he planted a church um, downtown Minneapolis, and they're doing great things down there at Motion City Church. And uh, they saw many people come to Christ this Easter, and they actually had over 125 people um, join them this last Christmas, which is just awesome. Here's what I want to say. Uh, us as a church, we have blessed people beyond just us in this room. That is phenomenal. Since we've been in this building, which will be three years, August 22nd, we have seen, you ready for this? Come on, guys. We have seen over 100 people say yes to Jesus since we've been in this place. 100. One of the greatest ways of reaching others to, or the great, it's not one of, it is the greatest way today of reaching people. You know, you don't see me on a street corner preaching the gospel. I don't see you out there either. There's a reason, because people would think we're crazy or they'd hit us, okay? Um, today, the best way of reaching people for Christ is through planting other churches. And so we want to be a church-planting church. I want us to, within the next couple of years, plant a first church out of the Bridge Church. Now, how this looks is this is not Pastor Chris. I'm not going anywhere, okay? So whether you like me or not, you're stuck with me. I love you. I hope you love me. We're in this together. It's a relational thing. Okay. I love you too, Heather. All right, so so we're, you're, you're stuck with me. August will be back full force. But here's the deal. We want to be able to send somebody or find find somebody who's gullible enough to try to plant a church, okay? That's what we want to do. We want to find that guy or that gal that says, hey, we want to plant a church, and we want to get behind them. In fact, we have been putting money aside. We've been very conservative with our finances here, and we've actually, the Assemblies of God asked us to raise $30,000 to be able to plant a church. Guys, in the last... Uh, year we have raised uh, since April of 2015 over $10,000 in our church planning account to be able to plant church. So we're on our way. We're on our way. So today is my last message until I return from sabbatical. And so I have been praying my guts out like, God, what am I supposed to share today? What, you know, what is it that, that the church needs? What is it that I can share about the church? All of this. And, and I had like a list of a hundred things. I broke it down to like 90. So here we go. Um, I'm kidding. It's like six. Don't worry. Um, you know me. I'm a really long-winded guy. And so this has been really heavy on my heart to share for a while. And so we're kind of concluding the energy series or taking a break, however you'd like to bring closure to the energy series, you go ahead and make that right in your heart. And I just want to share with you from my heart this morning. I'm usually, I'm usually a one-point guy. Like I find the one point, they taught us this in Bible school, where you get one point and you just hammer it home. You know, like you got your one main point and then your three sub points and then other points under that. And that's kind of like the rifle approach. This is going to be more shotgun today, okay? I'm more of a shotgun guy. So, you know, a little, little spray here and there, all right? So kind of all over the place. And uh, I hope you can stay with me this morning. So we're going to open up 
Uh, we're going to look at the Word here a little bit, and then I just have some real practical things that I want to share in regards to us as a church that I want to hear. Um, I want you to hear the vision and the mission I believe God has for us. So here we go. We're going to open up in the book of Joshua this morning, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. I want to do this a little different. Um, before you read it with me this morning, here's where they were at. Moses and the Israelites had sinned, and they were not allowed to enter into the promised land. That's simple. We're going to keep it simple, okay? Moses died in the desert. They buried him in the desert. Moses never got to see the promised land. He never got to go into the promised land with many of the people that were with him. I want to tell you as a church, I don't want to ever die in the desert. I want us to get to the promised land. So how do we define what the promised land is for us this morning? That's kind of what I want to unpack. So read with me here, book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. It says this, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. This is God talking to now Joshua, who's Moses' predecessor. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your youth mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I love that. I love that. God said, hey, you can bank on my promises. But then he kind of puts this, so long as you're following my ways. And so I want to make sure that we're always following God's ways as a church and for our own lives and individually. Part of our story, when we planted the church, again, started the church five and a half years ago, we felt called to plant a church. God had started speaking to to me before Heather about planting the church. And uh, I remember giving her, if you've been to our intro dinner, you've heard this story. But I remember calling my wife and saying, I think God's calling us to plant a church. And she's like, okay, someday, maybe, you know. And it was this hesitancy. And then God started hammering on her heart too. And we got to this place where somebody said, you know what? St. Francis in that area is in need of a church that you guys want to plant. And I thought, we love St. Francis. This is where we want to spend the rest of our life with. This is how we knew we were called to St. Francis. If you are willing to buy your burial plot in the town that you live in, that's where you're called. And I remember driving through here going, this is, this is where we want to spend the rest of our life. This is, this is it. This is, this is the town that we love. We love the people here. We wanted our kids to be in the school district. We wanted to be a part of everything that was happening in this community. And so when God was able to call us to be able to come back to our hometown where we fell in love with in high school, come on, all right? We've been together long, we've been together now longer married and dating than we've known, not known each other. So, man, we're Actually, here's what's interesting. I, I shave on occasion, and uh, yeah. Not as much as our, our worship pastor, Matt, man, he, like, he wakes up, he shaves, and like five minutes later, he's already got, you know, the scruff going on. I think he was born with that. Um, for me, on my scruff on this, I was shaving, and some shaving cream got on my little goat here, and, and I like went to wipe it off, and I'm looking in the mirror, and it's not wiping off. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like white right here. Freaks me out. Can you, some of you guys know if you can color that. Share with me later. Anyway, that's way off topic. All right. I know who you are, by the way. But our first service, some of you, I don't know if any of you were there, um, our first service was really made up of people, Pastor Dwight of Emmanuel Christian Center in Fridley, he sent out letters to anybody in this area, 
And then we had some people that we were friends with from Eden Prairie came to help us start the church. And so we met at the coffee shop. If you remember Bridge Street Coffee that used to be in town here, we met there. That was our first service. We had 40 people. And here's the, the truth behind the matter. I just want to, just going to be real with you. I remember walking up to that door that morning, or that afternoon actually, and I remember going, seeing cars, and there's already people there, and I'm going, why in the world would they listen to me? <laughs> like, why, are there, why is there going to be anybody here? And I remember being scared to death, like, I don't know if we can do this. Like, this is a great idea, God, but I think you maybe got the wrong guy. I don't know. And I remember just being so scared, but then going in, seeing the people that were behind what, what God wanted to do here is just incredible. And so after our first service, um, th- you know, we started to grow, we started to see things happen, and then we hit these very interesting marks. These were called pastoral discouragement marks. Okay, uh, December 18th, 2010, maybe some of you were at this service. If you were, you were late, and here's how I know. Um, our worship team was getting ready to go that, that day, and they were getting ready to, to play music. And I'm, I'm looking back, and this is when we used to meet in St. Francis Elementary, and I turn around, I'm the only one there other than our media team and our worship team. And it's like every pastor's worst nightmare. Like, nobody showed up today at church. All right. And so we just started worshiping people. People float in, and so I'm thinking, all right, it can't be any worse than that. The week after was Christmas was on a Sunday, and we've only been you know, together as a church for like four months. And so we have our Christmas service on Sunday morning, and we had 35 total people in attendance, and our offering that day was $35. And I was like, oh boy, you know, I think it costs like 400 to rent the school each Sunday. And I'm thinking, all right, God, you, you got this. This Easter, this Easter, spring break for the city of St. Francis. So I knew a lot of us were gone. Do you know that this Easter, we still had over 500 people walk through our doors Easter weekend? Come on. Come on, somebody. This Easter, 20 people gave their life to Jesus. Last Christmas, I remember sitting here, and some of you know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to mention his name. He walked in the door. We had business members that I never thought would darken our doors came in to our church, our Christmas Eve Eve service, to the point where we ran out of chairs that night. We didn't have enough for everybody here. Church, we're making a difference in this community. We're making a difference. And I just want you to know that I will remain completely relentless in doing so. And with God by my side, nothing will stand in the way of that. That's where I'm at. So I have a few things I want to share with you. Here we go. We're going to unpack this pretty quick. If you're with me, say yeah. If you didn't say yeah, go grab coffee. Number one, that was a joke. It's okay to laugh. Okay? We've got to get our get, get off the Norwegian thing. All right. We want to be a church planning church. John chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus, I think, would still say this today. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Now, he wasn't talking about an apple orchard here. What he was talking about the harvest, he was talking about people that are ready to hear the good news of Christ. People within our community that have not yet heard that he's saying, Bridge Church, you're to go and be the one that reaps this harvest. He's calling us to do that, saying, hey, there's people that just need to know that God loves them. Not standing on a street corner, not being freaky, not being weird, but being real. Meeting a need, meeting people where they're at. That's what he wants us to do. Okay, One of the ways that we do that is we can only do so much as a church. And so we want to help Tim Olson in East Bethel. We want to help Steve Nyland in Minneapolis. Even if there's another church, a different denomination, who cares? Let's help them. Let's help them get off the ground. Let's, let's pray for them. Let's bless them. Because here's the deal. New churches will reach new people. See, Jesus didn't say that your church or our church wins or my church wins. He said that his church wins. It's his church. Number two, 
Remember, I told you this is a shotgun, so stay with me, okay? I want you and our city to find freedom in Christ. I want you and our city to find freedom in Christ. Galatians 5.1, it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, I want to share this with you. I didn't come to pastor the bridge church. No, that's not the goal. The goal is not to pastor the bridge church. The goal, my passion is to pastor this community. I want to be able to make a difference, not only with us here, but with those outside of these walls. One of the questions that I like to ask is, would our city weep if we ceased to exist? If we ceased to exist, church, would our city miss us? We're the church. We're the ones that can answer that. I think to a part, yeah, they would. A lot of you have stepped up and really do a lot for this community and school district. But I want you, more than anything else, to find freedom. I want you and I want our community to find freedom in Christ. Now, I just told you, hey, commit coming to church even while I'm gone, but you're not going to find freedom in committing to come to church. You won't find freedom here this morning. What? What are you talking about? There's freedom in Christ. Let me explain. Freedom and life change happen in relationship, not in a Sunday service. Okay, I can, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. You can't name the last 10 messages I've preached. I couldn't even name you the last 10 messages I've preached. Okay, come on, somebody. Now, some of you are like trying to think right now. Good luck. You're not going to do it. You got, you got them in the podcast. But here's what you could tell me. You could tell me the top 10 people who have impacted your life, either positively or negatively. You could do that easily. You see, it's the relationships that make us who we are. You are the sum total of your relationships, not the messages you hear. Next point is this. Don't play church. We don't, we're not here to do church, okay? No one likes doo-doo. If you do like doo-doo, then that's not good. Okay? No one likes doo-doo. We're not here to do church. We're here to be the church. If we're just doing church, let's shut the doors. We're done. We're to be the church. God has called us to be an Acts 2 model church. If it's just about us, man, let's close the doors and make it a club. Okay? But it's not. Okay? It's not about us. And so we're either, have you ever seen this old wrestling show? I was not a big wrestling guy, but maybe, remember the contender? Used to be on, it was this reality TV show about finding the best wrestler. It didn't last very long. But we can either contend, and I understand that we come to a place in our faith walk where God meets us where we're at, but then there's this, comes this time where you've got to take a step of faith and say, I don't want to pretend anymore. I'm healed. I'm at a place where I can contend with what God's doing within the ministry. Next one is this. And you can ask Heather, you're not going to see this on anything you read within the church. But one of the desires that I see more than anything else for this church is I want to see your dreams come true. You can ask. I ask my wife all the time, what's your dream? Just figuring it out. We talk together a lot. I'll ask our staff. I'll be like, what's your dream? What's, what's your dream? And we'll actually, we do manuals, entire manuals on their dream and what, what makes them tick. I love Psalm 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I want to see your dreams come true. You've got to discover your part. God didn't just come create you because he needed you to take up space. Okay? He didn't do that. He created you for a purpose. And so I heard a pastor say this. I love this. I'm stealing it from him. I can't remember who said this. But he said, there's two most extremely important days of your life. Two. 
Number one is the day you were born, the most important day of your life, obviously, the day you were born. The second, and I thought he was going to say something about salvation because that's important. Number two is this, was the day you discovered why you were born. Number two, discovering why you were born. See, we're real around here at the Bridge Church. I'm not getting up in front of you with a suit and tie on because that's not me. If I do that, then I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not. You're going to get who we are here at the church. We're real around here. What you see is what you get. If you like hip-hop like me, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay? So, just going to say, all right? So, I'm going to be real from the pulpit. I'm going to share with you my nicks and my bruises. I expect you to do the same. If I share with you my junk, I'm asking you to share with me your junk. You know, here's the deal. I got issues. Yes, your pastor has issues, okay? All right? Guess what? You got issues. We all got issues. And if you think you don't got issues, that's your issue. (laughs) Number five, if you don't connect, you will what? You've heard me say this like a million times. I hope it's getting in. You have to have relationships with people from within the church. You have to have relationships from people within the church. You have to have relationships from people within the church. You have to have relationships from people within the church. You have to have relationships with people from within the church. You have to have relationships from people within the church. You have to have relationships from people within the church. They say if you say something seven times, you'll remember it. You're welcome. If you don't have relationships with others within the church, you are missing out. Then you're doing church, you're not being church. I can't focus enough on the fact that you got to do life together. Okay? When you get with a group of people, man, things change. You're able to share those nicks and scrapes more than you can on a Sunday morning. Dude, let me pray for you, man. Let me pray for you. Sister, let me pray for you. Let's pray. Let's do life together. This is actual real ministry. It doesn't just look like ministry. We're doing ministry. You know what I tell the people? I say, I call it the lunch lady ministry. Take somebody out for lunch after church for crying out You don't have an excuse. You're in the 11 o'clock service. Well, pastor, I don't have the money to. I don't care. We'll pay for you. Go. Well, pastor, I got a bunch of kids. Go. You have no excuse. This is your mandate. If you see somebody, man, that you don't know, take them out to lunch. Get to know their story. Get to know them. Get to know their nicks and scrapes. Share with them yours. Hi, my name's Chris. What's your name? Build a relationship. But pastor, that's really awkward. It is awkward, but it's way more awkward for the visitor that doesn't have anyone say hi to them. Take two minutes of being awkward in your life. I love awkward moments. They're great, man. You will too. We got financial peace. We got women's Bible study. Go fishing together, man. It's awesome. If you're like, there's just not a group that's for me, well, then you're probably to start a group. Number six. This is going to sound really punchy, and I don't mean it to, but I want you to hear my heart. Church ain't about you. Church ain't about you. Or if we like to use correct grammar, church is not about you. Well, pastor, I need to be fed. Can I just be real with you for a second? When I hear that, I want to throw up. And here's why. Babies need to be fed. Learn to feed yourself. And here's why I say that. I don't mean to be punchy. I want you to hear my heart. I've said that before. But if you're expecting your relationship with Christ to be fed from the pastor, that's a really shallow relationship. I want it to be deep. I want you to have an intimate relationship with God. You have to be the one doing it. Can I give you some wisdom on developing that relationship? The best way that you can learn to feed yourself is by cooking for others. 
Think about it. It'll sink in for a moment. The best way that you can feed yourself is by cooking for others. Now, granted, it's not an excuse for the pastor not to bring a message that's intended for the congregation. But it's got to go beyond Sunday morning. It has to. Please hear my heart. Let me give you this just and we got a couple minutes left. I'll call the worship team up here in just a moment. There's six misconceptions of church that will cripple you. I'm going to share this really quick. That the church is just a building. How many know that's not true? Come on, who knows the church is not just a building? Who's the church? We're the church. Okay? Building is just a tool. It's just a tool that God uses. We met in elementary school for three years with stinky small urinals with gum on the bottoms of the seat. People still showed up. It's not a building. Church, sometimes we think this misconception that church is an event. It's not an event. There's two schools of thought when it comes to, to ministry that one is missional that says, well, we've got to get into the community to reach people. I totally agree with that. And then there's a part that's attractional. We want to do stuff that says, hey, come be a part of what God's doing on Sunday morning. The number one way we see people reached in our community and through our church is the on-ramp we have Sunday morning by being welcoming to visitors. If you want an exegetical, expository, deep sermon based on like pneumatology or soteriology or something going and we can track our deep theological resources, guess what? Most visitors are going to go, it really wasn't for me. But us as mature Christians will be like, all right, that was good, that was deep. No, deep is going, what does Jesus see? What is his heart? What are his eyes? What is he seeing that he wants for our community and for our church? And I believe, I still believe that Jesus, even 2,000 years ago to this day, still is in love with lost people that need Jesus. That's deep. Church is where I get my meads in it. I love this. I'm just going to share one of these scriptures, Isaac, the first one. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We're the body. Okay? We're the body. We're to meet each other's needs. Okay? The church, it's not a service that we come to to go, that's where I get my... No. What can I do to help? What can I do to inspire? What can I do to jump on the ship? What can I do? It's all hands on deck. It's building a stone wall. It's building a stone wall where nothing can get in the way of what God wants to do. What church is just one day a week? No. It says even in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 46, that they met in the temple and then they met in homes daily. Church was meant to be all the time. All the time. Church is where I can meet God. Well, I pray you can meet him here, but I don't want this to be the only place. He wants us to walk in relationship with him. And the last one is this. Church is optional. Now, I want you to hear my heart here. Coming to a service, coming to church on Sunday morning is not a matter of salvation. Okay, If you, if you don't come to church on a Sunday and you have a relationship with Christ, you will still receive eternal life. But I heard this story that I love, and it's about Martin Luther, who... When asked whether Christians needed to be a part of a church, he stopped and he shared this story. Again, Martin Luther, who's basically the Lutheran church came out of, he shared about a man who took a coal out of a fire and he set it on the mantle. As the people watched the coal slowly burn out, he put the coal back in the fire and they saw it light back up again. His illustration was meant to challenge the idea that we can maintain a vibrant Christian faith without others in our lives. Be on fire for him. We gotta do life together. I'm gonna invite our worship team on up here. I want to give you a charge this morning. My heart and my passion, the reason Jesus came into this world, he didn't come for us who already have a relationship with him. He came for those that don't. 
That's where my heart is for our church, that we're continuously outward focused. So I want to ask you two things this morning. One is this. Would you, in the next few months, on sabbatical and even after that, I'm asking you to see visitors through pastoral eyes. What that means is this. See, the, see things the way Jesus sees them. You know? You see somebody that's hurting. You see somebody that needs prayer. You see somebody that needs a hug. You see somebody that comes in and, you know, they're all by themselves. Maybe they came early. Go talk to them. Go say hi to them. You're the one that can play that part. Just see. See through the eyes of Christ. The second thing I want to say is this. I want you to, again, hear my heart, please. It's not about us. We're not, you know, the things, the hundred people we've seen come to Christ and, and all. God has done that in spite of us, not because of us. We're not a great church. The only reason that we've seen this isn't because we're a great church, but rather because we serve a great God. It's the only reason. So everything is going to continue to be a reflection of His glory, always. We want Him to be at the center of everything. I want God to be praised for everything that we do here. I want Him to receive the glory. And I want us to not do the church, but I want Him to be, I want us to be the church for Him. If you do agree with me, I would like you to stand up. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.